I don't even remember the book anymore. I, know. I had to look it up. Uh, is this a swearing podcast? Yes, you're going to fit right in. Are you serious? I haven't actually listened to podcasts since quarantine started. I don't remember. What did you guys say about it? She was upset about the science talk that we have. The And she was like, you know, I read tarot cards, right? And... Uh, Oh yeah, and then. Uh, but okay, so the not, not in the same conversation, different ones. Well, different. The conversation happened right about the same time because that's when she was. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there, Marty. But she did recommend the hot zone. So. Did I? Yeah. I regret you it. Did. I regret it now. I have feelings about it. But that's the only reason why you're on because you want to be on because we read the hot zone, right? I know, and I have things to say about it. All right, we have Hannah here. She wants us to read the hot zone. We read the hot zone, sort well, of. Neil, how far did you I'm get? I'm about halfway. That's probably far <laughs> enough, to be honest. I mean, I get it, and I get where it's going, and it's enjoyable listen. So, but I, if you anything in the second half specifically, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay, because I don't remember the first half from the second half, really. Uh, It was a long time since I read it. At least a month. I can't remember that far back. That's why I had to look up a synopsis today. Okay, that's fair. That's good. At least you're going to lead the conversation then. But do you want to talk about the Hot Zone verse, or do you want to talk about tarot cards? Because apparently this is your wheelhouse. I don't care. This is your episode. Hannah, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm. <laughs> it's such a chore. Such a chore. Yeah. I don't know oh, why you asked me. I want to be a guest on the podcast, but I have to talk about I myself. Do not. <laughs> uh, oh, hold on, okay. hold on. We do appreciate you being on here. <laughs> Thank you. Jeez, Marty. Right. Uh, I'm Hannah. I know Marty and Andrew when I was living up in Walla Walla. And then right now I'm living in California and getting my PhD in microbiology. You can't put that much personal information out there. <laughs> I didn't tell you about where I live, what city I live in. I'm just kidding. It's fine. A boring one. Yep. What are you, what are you studying though in, in microbiology? I study the parasite Giardia, which by extension means I study... Beaver fever! Poop. Yeah, beavers, that's not beaver a true fact. Fever. <laughs> oh, see, she just science. Right on. She just science. Beavers don't you. transfer Giardia to humans. They are better with a different species. Hold on. So you study poop bacteria? It's still called beaver fever, though. It's still called beaver Locally. fever. It is. It's fun. Um, I actually study parasites. Parasites, so, okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, Giardia is a parasite. And I study parasite and the. Like how it interacts with the host, which in my case is a mouse. I'm telling you, she oh. instantly like doubled the IQ of this podcast when she came on. <laughs> in like one, uh, uh, come on, Marty. In like Marty, one now, now you're just segment. trying to make up ground. Yeah. And a no. negative IQ makes it a lot easier for her to double money. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about my Rocket League scores oh. here. So, um, anyways, so tarot cards or the hot zone? Let's do the hot zone. Yeah, that's why we came to. Right? It's fresh on our minds. It's fresh. 
<laughs> I ran halfway through it. You're halfway exactly. I couldn't be more in it An right now. Ago. Okay. All right. You might actually be so, the freshest. I mean, I was literally listening to it zone. up to like thirty minutes ago. So I'm totally in there. In the zone. It's so been Neil, about a Neil, month what did you since get I read to? it. Where did I get to? I th- yes. I've only gotten to the part where they are just about to, it would appear, again, I'm not quite there, discover that the, the Abo, it seems like it's Ebola rather than Marburg, um, but it's going to, they're doing the test to see if the monkeys had it in the military facilities in the level four, um, you know, laboratory, whatever they call the, the place, you know, level four, uh, agents, and he's doing a, um, test on the monkey liver and the human the blood from the previous um people that caught marburg ebola ebola sudan was it and ebola zaire and uh mm-hmm. if they glow then oh boy that means it's the the virus is out and about so uh, i guess just a little bit of that pretty sum, preface sums here sums it up but a little preface like if you're listening to this podcast well we have a book club we're going to read The Hot Zone by Richard Preston. Uh, when, when did it come out? 95? Uh, 93, Yeah, it's probably at least 25 years old. Someone it's a little dated. Okay. But that I'm means that... I'm like, But he's recounting um, events that were happening in 89, 90, right? So he must have written and published the book very, very yeah. shortly after it happened. Yeah, because this happened in 89, I believe. Yeah. So it's it's based on the events around D.C. there where they thought they might have had an outbreak. In Reston, Reston Virginia. Published in 1994. Hey, me in the middle. That's compromise. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're talking about today. If you haven't read the book and you want it spoiled, but I mean, it already happened as a real story-ish. I mean, it's kind of glorified, right? Not glorified. It's What's the right word for that? Um, sensationalized embellished sensationalized it's definitely mm-hmm. sensationalized all right yeah yeah so uh i mean it's still scary I do... <laughs> it's just i mean yeah. ebola still is not great but <laughs> you probably yeah, will uh, mail from the insides <laughs> so about the book stephen king said it's one of the scariest things he's ever read and then it got worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, d- it's frightening I do remember because it started with that guy on the plane, right? Right? Yeah. That yes. had oh yeah, what ended up to be Marburg, and they were just describing his symptoms while he's on this small plane with like twenty other people, and he's vomiting coffee ground vomit into like his vomit bag and stuff, <laughs> and bleeding out of his eyes. Hey, you invited me, but yeah. So that the way that Richard Preston wrote that was really, uh, he. Really sensationalized it a lot, I think. Yeah, but he, it does really, pull you in immediately. He really went in for the graphical, sort of visceral um, mm-hmm. experience, for sure. I really didn't leave much to the imagination. No, no, I think he used too much imagination because I'm realizing the word I was looking for is embellished. That's that's oh. the word. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, that's too big for this podcast. <laughs> Let's take that word off. Yep. He I- fancied up. <laughs> I was, I, I was listening to this at 
the middle school in which I work and the librarian wanted to listen to. And so I had it playing on speaker in the whole library and people were walking up and down the hallway and then they would like, and I forgot about that scene and they would pop in and be like, what are you listening to? That sounds horrible. And I got a lot of looks. (laughs) That's the same thing that happened to me. I don't know if I, I might've already said this story on podcast, but I was, I was getting something worked on on my truck and, I had to turn the power on and I was listening to the audiobook at the time. Oh, yeah. And so he's reaching into my cab and all of a sudden it's just, you know, this graphic depiction of someone <laughs> bleeding from area orifice. Oh, it was bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so this guy is just like, uh, um, I turned down real quick. I'm like, I don't know what that was. Probably public, public radio. radio. <laughs> News radio. <laughs> In the middle of the day. do we and well what happens next let's finish the kind of synopsis for everybody what happens else. next well this well i guess the the entire book talks about you know different filoviruses right which is a family of viruses right yes. we have a scientist here that can tell us right string viruses. Not a virologist but yes it, it is a family of viruses oh. they're pretty cool looking like, like, like strings them. make little loops I like my stuff because I look at it to look pretty. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it does talk about that and it talks about, you know, those kind of infectious diseases. But so originally before the incident happened, how many strains of Ebola were known about? Um, probably three because the original Ebola outbreak was in the late 70s and there was one in Zaire and or now it's the Congo and one in Sudan. And so those are two yeah. different species of Ebola. And then there might have been another. I know we have three species at the very least, but we have we three now, not, I know but for sure. We did not. We have a, we have more than three now. Um, we did not know about the particular species that the monkeys brought from the Philippines. So that was a new the, strain the of Ebola. Is it macaques? Macaques. Macaques. Macaque monkeys. Even the way he described the monkeys. Yeah. Well, like the crab eaters or something. Oh, crab eaters. Oh, they're they're eating crab. They're crab eating monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how do we summarize this book? I don't know. Things went bad to worse, and then they ended up being not as bad as people thought. The end. Well, I mean, they. it it follows (laughs) a, a Colonel Nancy Jacks. Again, name is changed, um, but uh, follow, she works for the U.S. military in the vet uh, program. And for whatever reason, um, all monkeys are quarantined when they're brought in, and they're one of the facilities is in Reston, Virginia. Um, this is so, one of the reasons we yeah, quarantine. Wh- whatever the reason. Party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it, they they quarantine them, make sure nothing's going on, and then uh, it's uh, who comes down sick or what happens. Um, I forget how the military got involved in the in the story. Um, Honestly, don't Sam remember. Red? They I sent Sam Red. They sent a sample of the monkey's liver to the military in like a foil or something. And it oh, got. That's, right. that's how it got to them. Oh yeah, yeah. And they were like very uh, poor okay. packaging. And so from there, 
they did the testing and it came back um, with Ebola and everybody thought that Nancy was acting alarmist, uh, went and got more monkeys, did another test, confirmed, um, which is what Neil was talking about, where they confirm it's Ebola. Um, but then there's a scientist or two that um, they, in kind of not using precaution, they like take a, uh, a, a whiff of a container of what could be contaminated with Ebola. And they do it, the thing they teach us not no. to do in lab safety training, which is just take a big smell out of whatever you're working with. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a little, like a little waft. Yeah. A little waft. <laughs> and But I also know what I'm working with is not a level four virus. And so it just kind of sends everybody into a, a, a huge thing. And then the CDC becomes involved on who's, should be responsible for uh, getting rid or taking care of the Ebola outbreak that's in the facility. They don't know if it's jumped to humans or not, but then they have to um, euthanize all the monkeys, trap the monkeys, euthanize the monkeys, and then do tests on them. Um, So it's decided that Ysemrid will do that and they carry that out. And that part's really freaky. Um, One monkey may... Well, it does it does escape from when they try to put it down, which causes a whole nother thing. Um, which and will, monkeys are terrifying and strong, and I would never ever want to work with one. Right, and I watched the Amazon miniseries, The Hot Zone Two, and so like between the book and the miniseries, like definitely how it plays out in the book is a little bit different than how it plays out in the movie, but it's still like. A monkey with sharp, like that hasn't been fed in a while with sharp teeth and other, and like hands and claws, like, and you're in a, a suit that's designed to protect you and you don't want to puncture it. Like a monkey is not what you want. <laughs> yeah. That part made me very nervous. Cause I can't, I can't imagine how they would feel. And I've only worked with rodents that have uh, also escaped, but. Um, and so then turns out that some of the monkey handlers also, um, test positive for the Ebola strain and how that works and what the what's going on with that. And then it's uh, very unclear. Well, this might partially be because the book was written very soon after this incident, but I think it was very unclear how the human people actually got this Ebola or whether they act. Well, they did. They had the antibodies, but that was completely unclear to me. And then, so that kind of takes care of the whole Reston component. Um, one good thing that comes out of it is the guys who took the big old whiff of the contaminated um, uh, sample um, to test themselves. They put themselves in quarantine, but they actually came up with a faster test for Ebola out of all of that. So that was proved reliable. So that was a good thing that came out of it. Um, did they actually put themselves in quarantine? I thought that they didn't. And I uh, thought that was extremely irresponsible. Uh, w- one of them at least did. Because they were testing themselves in their lab, like drawing yeah. their own blood and testing themselves in their own lab on the sly, I thought. but So, um, and then the other part of the book is kind of going back and retracing um, Ebola's history. Um, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, like the last part, I feel like after we finished the monkey part, we figured it out. And then he did that whole part, and he went back to the cave and went hiking for like the last 20% of the book, and I did not care for it. Right. 
I mean, so the, he go. The first time in the, the cave was okay. Like I thought it was interesting how he was establishing the history of Ebola before bringing it into the 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 eighties. Um, but I guess oh, then he has yeah. to go if he goes back to it. Yeah, maybe that's a bit boring. But he goes back as more of a, I don't know, a tourist kind of thing. Just he wants to walk in it and feel if he can feel Ebola in the cave or something. It's uh, okay. Kind of self-serving, yeah. I thought. Just to finish, which was not really. <laughs> also stupid because he goes in with not like the most secure of suits into the cave. Well, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna try to put some PPP. PPE on, but not that much. Like people that wear their mask, but they don't put it over their nose. It's like, what's the point, man? Don't even mm-hmm. bother. I don't know it's, why you'd want to go in there anyway, but. But I mean, it had a lot of interesting points. And I will say, I read this book as a freshman uh, in high school. It was our summer reading going into my freshman science class and going back and revisiting it now. Um, there are some things that are just like really like I'm glad I do not do anything in that realm whatsoever. Like, what are you talking about? You work at a school. The only <laughs> germs are floating around. True, true. But I I don't have Ebola potentially all around me or anything. Like, there's uh, I mean, Andrew. No, even worse. You have middle schoolers. Andrew, do you want to talk about the? Do you want to talk about the scene where? Uh, Nancy goes in and like um, for her first time in level four. Do you remember that? Yeah, and her. S- yes, I do. She had yeah. the cut on her hand, right? And she, yeah, yeah, she had a cut and she had a bandaid over it, and then, uh, but then she got all strapped up in duct tape and PVC and <laughs> PVC. Yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> but then she punctures her her what her glove. She gets a rip somehow in her glove, and she gets blood. No, but she has not, layers not of glove, gloves but like on. Two. Oh yeah, she double layers the gloves. She she yep. might have three gloves on. I think at the by the end of it, she punctures at least one layer, and blood flows into that glove. But I think when she she has a major panic moment because that's a shit your pants moment. If you were actually in that lab and you saw you had a cut in your hand or a glove, like oof. I would not want to be that person. So she had that panic rush out. But when she pulled it off, like the blood didn't get through the other gloves. So I think it was fine. But yeah, She crashes level four, which is. Hold on. Is cra- uh, level four. Is this a real thing? Oh, uh, yeah. There's a uh, biosafety levels, basically. So depending on what you okay. work with, you get assigned a number between one and four. Four is the highest. So it's any kind of disease that is very infectious. And also doesn't have um, really like a treatment. Is, is Ebola really infectious or is it just really deadly? I mean, as far as rate of infection. Um, I think it's really deadly. As a pathogen, I don't think it's actually that great. Um, but you can't. It, you can still get infected, but you have to be rummaging in the body fluids or something get blood into your body through a cut or your mucous membranes or something to get infected. Rummaging through the body fluids. That's a normal everyday occurrence. <laughs> it's like doing a necropsy. Well, I mean, if you're in the medical field and you're treating people, you're, you're in the shit all the time. Uh, like, 
And it especially is if you're in it, Africa, like you're probably not having the best sanitation uh, practices going from patient to patient as well. So, yeah, not just well, sanitation that- practices, but as far as, you know, available medical supplies and funding mm-hmm. for medical and healthcare over there so is obviously lower. It's still it's extremely high mortality rate for for a virus. Um, yeah, and so at, is, at the time of the book, it was what they said seventy to ninety percent. I think ninety nine. It depends on 90%. it depends on the outbreak, but there was an outbreak that was at ninety percent mortality, which is just completely bonkers. But if you take the precautions, it doesn't spread super easily, like. Uh, like the flu or something that spread through growing in your lungs yeah. and coughing it out. This is the Ebola virus stays mostly in your blood, so you have to go through body fluids to get it. And the problem yeah, that they yeah, had blood, in saliva, semen, apparently. Oh, uh, in what? Yeah, the problem they had. What? In what? Oh, there's a semen. Oh. oh. Yes, yeah, somebody gave it to possibly tears. To his wife. <laughs> Don't cry. In the book, I think from. Sexual intercourse. Oh yeah, yeah. But the, there was also the a lot of the that that was one of the most like eye opening things to me was one of, in one of the I think it might have been the Sudan case or outbreak, and they were like saying that they would they would sort of warm wash their needles in the in the hospital every five or six times that they injected or, or used a needle and that's and it was just like passing yeah, it around it's just from about person efficiency person. at this point neil all right what? and this was in the late 70s in a very isolated region in africa yeah and this was a small like mission hospital right. and so i think it was mostly nuns working there too so not they have some medical experience but like I, they only yeah. had like maybe five needles total for the entire clinic yeah and so they would just use them over and over again um and the worst part of it was is that they were using them mostly on pregnant mothers because they were giving them vitamin shots so that they would have a healthier pregnancy. But mm. it also did this fun yeah. thing where it spread Ebola through that village. Wow. Pretty and then terribly. Talk, about, talk about being in the middle of body fluids. Oh, yeah. And like that place was isolated, super hard to get to. There's also a lot of history, you know, in Africa of like political instability. So it's hard to keep a healthcare infrastructure up or even to send aid to these locations. Um, Uh Seeing as Zaire is now Congo. Yes. Things have changed (laughs) since the first outbreak of Ebola. But apparently Um, there's a vaccine now. And there was just a, there was just a Ebola outbreak recently. I think it was in Guinea. And they tested out the vaccine there and it was like, Pretty effective, so well, moving along. I know the one in Congo. How long just is it effective for? Week. Oh, it was the one in Congo then. Um, well, it just happened, so we don't know how long it would be effective for. But they are saying that about eighty percent of the people they vaccinated did not get it, and the people that did get it had milder symptoms. Well, that's good. Not terrible. That's positive. Yeah. It's- so. We're just gonna mine you for knowledge now, Hannah. Are you are you ready for that? I'm I see ready. you just took a drink. What are you taking? What are you drinking? Why aren't you? No, no. What are you? Drinking? <laughs> no, no. We we usually drink. Well, I say we. Everybody drinks except for me. Yeah, because you're at the school yeah. and you follow the rules. Do you know how? Do you know 
Yes, there's definitely alcohol in our lab. Don't worry about it. <laughs> While you're wafting things? Yeah. No, it's in a separate room. Oh, yeah. Okay. You Anyways, you what, what are you drinking? Whiskey. Oh, wow. Uh, anyways, we're going to mine you for knowledge at this point. I was going to ask, as far as Ebola goes, was the first documented case Zaire? Or as far as that strain? I think the first strain was actually, the first outbreak was actually Sudan, but the Zaire happened very quickly afterwards, and they didn't actually figure out what the Sudan one was. So they they called it Ebola because it happened by the Ebola River in um, Zaire. Or the Congo, okay. whatever. W- whatever. Uh, but I mean, as far as the actual uh, Ebola virus or filoviruses like this, they've been around for a long time. But because they don't spread as easily as other diseases, they probably didn't have the chance to be documented, right? Yeah, or we just never seen them because they still haven't found what the reservoir is for the Ebola virus. Exactly, yeah. primates are pretty much a dead end for the virus because we die so fast that the transmission is super limited. <laughs> yeah, we're... we're sh- yeah. The bull is bad yes. at this. Go but- us. <laughs> 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 Take that, Ebola. You don't End win. of the line, as you just liquefy <laughs> into a pool of blood. Yeah. You don't actually liquefy into a pool of blood. Sorry. Um, Th- that's what Richard Preston said. You Richard might as well Preston was said. embellishing. You might as well... <laughs> It sounds horrible. I mean, it sounds horrible. I don't want it. And the mortality rate is still high because your blood gets all fucked up. It's the medical term. Well, I did look up the the last <laughs> the last uh, Ebola outbreak. The It started in 2018 and just ended. So they went uh, 42 days on June 25th without a case being confirmed. Hey, that's a win for 2020. Yeah, we got one thing. 2020 got, has yay! one thing. Um, but out of 3,400, almost 3,500 people, it killed about two thirds. Wow. Yeah. And then the Which one. Which is like a gentle Ebola outbreak, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Well, the one in 2014 to 2016 killed 11,000 people. But, like percentage-wise, like mortality? Um, it doesn't say in here, but this one, they rolled out the vaccination and treatment. And so I think that's yeah. why we're getting better at it. Um, but yeah, holy moly. So, but... Yeah, it's it's terrible. I wouldn't want it even a little bit. So the wor- worst case scenario is a- Ebola die? somehow... No, no, if Ebola was somehow... Not spread just through blood or bodily fluids, but if it was airborne, right? Yeah, if it found a way to aerosolize, just to grow in your lungs, and then you could sneeze it out, then it like that's a way better mode of transmission for a microbe than blood. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, it still kills itself. It will kill itself out quickly, at least with the human species. It'd be fine, probably other ones. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, if it's airborne though, and the what. I guess what I want to ask though is, what's the likelihood? Have you been watching the news lately? <laughs> Yo, it's no. not temp twenty twenty. <laughs> I think he's asking, what's the likelihood of a virus that is yeah. both very good at infecting people and being deadly? Because right now, co- you, Corona is obviously very infectious, 
and not great, but it's not bowler bad. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Because I already moved to Idaho. I need to know if I need to move, like, to Wyoming <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. You are already self-isolated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's hard to predict. It, But right. I'd say it's – I find it super amazing, actually. It's a virus – it's made up of seven genes. That's all it has. Seven genes. And it's able to do this to a person or a primate at all. And I think that's crazy. Hold on. Mind-boggling. I have no idea how it works. Okay. So why, why is it surprising that with seven genes it can do that? Lay, lay it out for someone like me. Explain, explain like I'm five. Better yet, four. <laughs> I uh, went to college, so I didn't have to be an elementary uh, teacher. Um, well, just comparatively, like humans have about 20,000 genes. Right. And plants have a sh- can have way more than that. So seven is an extremely low number of genes for it to actually be able to get into, like, come to the body, bind to one of your blood cells be taken up into the blood cell well not the blood cell um the cytoplasm taken up by an immune cell or the epithelial cells make the cell replicate its genome and then pack itself to go back out again and at the same time it's also it has ways to evade the immune system because it infects a lot of the immune cells so it's killing those cells and it also dampens the signaling of the body so the other immune responses don't know what's happening so they don't respond as strongly as they maybe should that's a lot of things for only seven genes to do hey what's less densely i uh like populated than wyoming and antarctica i'm, I'm gonna write this down for somewhere myself. in canada like way up north yeah. in canada yeah no that's cold is it idaho cold <laughs> no oh i don't know okay north dakota's pretty isolated I will say one more thing about this, though, is that Ebola is an RNA virus versus a DNA virus. And all you need to know is that RNA um, can mutate much quicker than DNA because it doesn't really have a repair mechanism. So it could pick up mutations faster. And if it picks up some mutation in one of these genes that makes it able to go into the lung cells better, then that would not be a good sign. Huh. Thanks. I don't want to sleep tonight anyway. <laughs> I know. I try not to be like a uh, terrifying. Like, I'm not worried about Ebola, but. Don't worry about it. It can like, happen. No one listens to this podcast. You're not going to scare anyone. <laughs> Besides Marty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's possible, um, but it's not something I'm worried about at all. Like COVID or the, I think the flu will kill us all or smallpox gets let out of russia or the cdc we're all fucked yeah isn't there a um the who cdc keeps a a a living strain of like all uh bacteria right this is like the worst version of pokemon (laughs) don't don't they keep one of everything Uh, yes they have a like inventory it's probably all frozen they don't keep it passively but they have an inventory of a lot of things um, I don't think NIH does as well, but they def like the CDC and some lab in Russia are the only two places in the world that should have a vial of smallpox. What about the who? So you have to trust the Russians. 
Um, aren't you Russian? <laughs> aren't you Russian descent? Me? No. Oh. I'm uh, Yugoslavian. The Russians like crushed our country. Okay. Just. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot what we were talking about. But the Who doesn't the Who have have a set? I don't know if they do as much because I feel like they're more administrative and like sending people out to do things. Whereas there's the CDC, there's a place in London that keeps a lot of these kinds of things like more for inventory. But I'm not really sure. I do remember I read this book too when I was younger, probably when I was in college, and it is one of the things that got me really interested in diseases. And I did want to. I did want to be a BSL four researcher for a while, and now having having to be a BSL two researcher, there's no fucking way in hell I would ever go any higher than two. Partially just because of all the PPE. So what? Let, let's let's so, get some uh, like clarification. What are some things that are into when we're talking about things compared? Yeah, to Yeah, I want to know that. Uh, so Giardia, it's a biosafety level two. Organism. Paper, paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me look this up, actually. What? You don't know? <laughs> well, I just remember, like, I only work up She's more two. responsible than us. We just talk about things, and we never check anything. That is true. Mostly because I yell at Marty because he's loud on the keyboard. So, like, so biosafety level one's the lowest level. There are things that are not very infectious in humans and there are things like e coli that scientists use all the time just for general cloning and whatnot uh bsl2 is moderate risk um and so i could get giardia in lab but only if i put some mouse feces in my mouth which i don't do and then but you do waft them. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I already know what mouse shit smells like. <laughs> um, yeah, so three and four. Like, fours, fours are the worst because they're ones that we don't have treatment for, and they're very um, high mortality rates. So anything like a Marburg or Ebola or something like that would be um, a four. Three, I guess... I don't actually know. So um, where's Corona? Two or three? I would probably put Corona in three in at three? the moment. Wow. Because we honestly... Um, don't know enough. I still don't know that much about yeah. it. And level three is also for um, lots of... If you have some sort of microbe that can be inhaled easily. So since Coronas can be passed through the air, I would probably go put myself in three if I was going to do any work with it right now. Huh. Hmm. Well, I guess uh, along the lines of this book, what other topics does it bring up, or what do you guys think about while reading it? Like I said, I, you know, I, I wondered about what's the actual likelihood of something like this being aerosolized, as Hannah said, rather than just airborne, because I'm a layman. <laughs> airborne uh, is also fine. Okay. All right. Fine. We use but, it in uh, the well, field. Well, <laughs> well, about you guys, did you guys think about anything, or did you think about anything halfway, Neil? I mean, not really. I mean, those are kind of the obvious things um, that come to mind. The military handling of it is interesting when they talk about the slammer, when people that are suspected to have been exposed have to go into like the 
you know, negative air pressure, multi-layered um, rooms and, you know, be quarantined for however long. The mental health impacts of that were an interesting side note, I thought, um, and how when... Do you think these days they'd have Netflix in there? Uh, well, they said that they had TV in there then, but the, but after about... They said after about two weeks, most people that go in become so clinically depressed that they stop watching television. Half of them have to have Valium continuously, otherwise they start smashing things and, you know, they just... They just get really, really isolated. And then they, when they come out, a lot of them quit their jobs because they, they get paranoid and they turn against the, the military thinking that they didn't have them, you know, have their back and, and that they were out to get them or whatever. Um, so that was yeah. kind of an interesting thing because that kind of was, I think, partly why those two guys also didn't want to immediately confess that they had whiffed the, the Marburg, what they thought was yeah. Marburg vial, because um, they didn't want to be going into the the slammer, which is very irresponsible. But at the same time, the way that it sounds is really horrible. So it sounds terrible because yeah. just yeah. just uh, quarantine that's, that's, has made me extremely depressed. I know, right? Being stuck <laughs> at home. So exactly. like, at least, but I have cats and a roommate and some distractions. But right. still, <laughs> cats. Well, I think but that was also <laughs> like one of the alarming parts of going, oh, if something does like, like if Ebola does become airborne or easily transmissible, like just the way we've handled COVID right now, and especially the second way, like <laughs> we're screwed. Sure. Like, God damn it. It's, it's going to be like Stephen King's The Stand, like but worse because people are going to not just be like keeled over or anything. Like they're going to be in pools of blood everywhere. Like it's just going to be miserable. I had, maybe we need to read read the stand next. I haven't read it, but I've heard it's good. Like, yeah, I'm not going to, (laughs) I had some high hopes at the beginning of this coronavirus thing that people would finally start listening to public health officials. If we'd learn something that's not going to happen. Yeah. Have you seen the tirades of people like in stores because they refuse service for not wearing masks? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's a private business. They don't have to serve you. Get out. And even today, I went into the grocery store to get a loaf of bread to make lunch this morning. And one person's job was just to sit there and watch every single person that came into the grocery store to wear a mask. It was just sitting there in a chair, and it was like, wow. So here like, in California, the, most places have someone standing at the door. But then I've noticed that once people get inside, a lot of people just sort of slip their mask off their nose and like when they're standing in line. And I'm just like, I can't stand Jesus it. Christ, what is happening here? This is ridiculous. Like, just take it off. Yeah. Like, if you're not, ugh. Or just ah, get out. I'm- just get out. Or just wear it. I mean, it's wear it, but it, apparently wearing it is just too much to ask for some people, including saying, our president. Well, <laughs> he, I'm not worried about his health, to be honest. No, but setting an example would be a good idea. <laughs> I, I, just... I think it's irresponsible when he doesn't wear a mask when he's going through a mask or PPE making facility. Did he visit the CDC without a mask on or something? <laughs> like, and every else, everyone else there was in like lab coats and masks, yeah. and he's just like, "Hey, I'm in pants." I don't remember. 
They're both I mean, dumb. I get the presidential image of going like, yes, I'm healthy and like and showing, but it's like, don't be stupid. I know. The presidential image should be setting an example for the rest of the country, and wearing a mask doesn't mean you're sick. It you know, means you're tried not to get sick. You know, we had a president who was president, I think, for 39 days because to show that he was strong enough for office, he gave like a four or eight hour speech. It was a really long inauguration speech in June or in January without a coat, caught pneumonia (laughs) and died. Nice. Yeah. Maybe he really didn't want to be president. Yeah. That's an extreme measure, man. Now, that's one of my favorite stories, actually. But now that I see it happening in our modern times, I look back and say, oh, that's kind of sad. But he only hurt himself. Correct. Because everybody else was wearing a coat. Yeah. Like. Yeah. (sighs) So does the mask protect you or not? The mask is more, from what I've read, is more just to protect other people. Because it's just in case you have it, but you don't know you have it. So you're in the incubation mm-hmm. period yeah. and the symptoms haven't set in or you're asymptomatic, but you're still coughing or whatever. You could be spreading it. So the mask is more to just keep that contained. I'm not sure okay. how well the mask does um, the opposite way, but if everyone wears a mask and you're protecting, you're protecting cutting the down, individual who's wearing it. Well, you're protecting everyone around you more than anything else because you're cutting mm. down the distance that that okay. aerosol can travel because it's, it's getting caught in the mask it's not about me it's about you all that's why we wear hey, the we're mask. on skype right now okay social distancing Ooh. oh god <laughs> i'm so tired of being inside yeah it's brutal well you should go outside you can still go outside i mean i do sometimes it's very uh-huh. hot but <laughs> uh okay well you you just want to complain at this point i just want to See my friends and have like get togethers again, mm-hmm. but I won't because I'm responsible. Sounds like you're no fun. So, anyway, <laughs> so Han, you did say before we started this whole thing that you had feelings on this book. Have you expressed all of your feelings? You were the one, not to throw you under the bus, but you were the one who recommended that we read this. I as don't the remember book. this. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm throw out before you bring this up like this is way better than the queue like i listened just oh. enjoyed the whole thing oh, oh yeah Lee, I mean, the queue where the hell why did we read that book <laughs> hannah did you watch Jesus. or did you read the queue i definitely did not read the queue oh, and God. i heard your review oh. and i'm not putting it on my list it's also not really a genre that i'm very interested in i don't think it's a genre That's that fair. interests anybody that was terrible well interested whoever recommended it yeah but it is significantly a, a, a better read than, than the cube. But this, the listener that suggested it didn't like it to begin with. <laughs> right. Oh. Because she was also on the podcast when we were reviewing the book. And she's like, I didn't, it wasn't my favorite by any means. But she still suggested it. <laughs> the audacity of the librarian to do that. Yeah, I did like this book a lot more than I read the first time. I guess having been in science for a lot longer now, it just seems really sensationalized. Huh. And I think a lot of it, too, <laughs> is it was written in 1994. We didn't know as much about Ebola either. So that kind of counts against it. 
I hated his self-indulgent trip to the cave. I thought that was a waste of time and pages. And then, I'm gonna go on a little feminist rant here. I didn't particularly like the way that he portrayed uh, Nancy as a woman scientist. And always- how, how did he portray Nancy? It was always, Nancy was the only character that also got described as making dinner for her family and being told that this job wasn't good for having a family and how her kids are not feeling left out. And it's like, your husband Jerry could make dinner once in a while too, you know. It's not <laughs> like... Yeah, but have you ever eaten Jerry's dinners? <laughs> have you eaten Nancy's dinners? I don't think they can be very good. She's tired. I haven't. After I haven't a whole day in lab? You know, oh, by the way, yeah. I just want to throw one thing in there now that you mentioned Nancy and Jerry. The one odd, the one odd <laughs> thing about the book, I say odd, I mean, it was obviously a true story, so it's odd only because, you know, so is life, but it was just weird how he went into the story about Jerry's brother getting killed in some random, um, and I was, and I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? And so far, nothing. I don't nothing. remember this at all. It, I do remember this, actually, because yeah. he had to he'd like leave and or and nancy's like dad died i think yeah because yeah, he had cancer and and it was like okay this is interesting and it, it adds depth i guess or enriches it but not really not the actual not- <laughs> <laughs> so it's like hmm, i'm not sure not really because what? in the end they don't feel like full characters or full people to right because he moves on and so just yeah just adding this fact that jerry's dad died and he had to go to the funeral in the middle of this is whatever yeah it was and i honestly don't care that much about the jack's children or anything else like just right i do want to say i don't want to eat anything that nancy makes because she spends time in level four (laughs) and i don't want to get jerry was working with the monkeys i don't want to eat anything that either one of them makes ever all right no dinner at the. Jackson's. I'll never turn down a free meal. So hey, you have fun, Nancy <laughs> Jerry. Have me over for dinner. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I mean, we could get, we could really hear what it was like and everything. Um, but Han, I got a question for you on that. Like, how does mm-hmm. knowing that that happens in the late '80s to '90 and like progressing now? Are you? just kind of lamenting that it's like of the time or yeah do you feel that things are better now because based on corona i would Obviously, not say they're, they were they're still wafting things it's not better i don't i think since it was early 90s the treatment of women especially professional women that were sacrificing their family or whatever was not always treated super nicely like women couldn't have other goals I still think uh, it's not uh, great for women in science if they do want to have a family. I don't want to have a family, so I have less of a like barrier, I think. But yeah, I was more referring to. I, I agree with you on the women front and all most all professions. I was more referring to the organ, the the um, the infrastructure, the scientific and military infrastructure in terms of controlling the virus and not doing stupid shit to, like, sending monkey parts in aluminum foil and whiffing vials and killing, you know, is this better now? Can we re- can we sleep I, peacefully knowing that this shit doesn't happen anymore? Well, I feel like we could probably kind of give a pass to the guy that sent the sample originally. 
Okay. Because he was just the vet at the facility. Sure. I had no idea. That's true. Yeah. That it was gonna be yeah. this type of virus. He should. So now ignorance is excusable. He should have packaged it better. <laughs> if you were sending anything biological through the mail, it should not leak. But um, I honestly, from this, thought that the um, army actually did a very good job of taking care of this, um, and. I do think we have the infrastructure, the CDC, Amrit, I guess, the WHO. I think they're all very, very good labs. I'm not super worried about the scientists working there. It's just that science is kind of slow sometimes, especially biology, if you have to wait for things to grow or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or in this case, glow. Well, that's bad, Marty. Oh God! <laughs> the test. We're not anywhere near the, the near. test. Oh, we're not anywhere near the end of the this. The test in the book to confirm a case, they had to. It had to glow. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Good. It's a I good know. job. Technically, it had to fluoresce. But you went to from grow to glow. You did that intentionally, Marty. It was an awful joke. It wasn't Tarot a cards. joke. I was referencing the book. It wasn't trying to be a joke. Uh, see what I got to work with here? <laughs> oh, no. I've heard some of these episodes. <laughs> <sighs> I wasn't trying to be a pun. I was trying to be serious. But you the often, one time. The one time. You often try to be a pun, so. Uh, can you blame us? Have we met? I always try to be one, except for this time. Yeah, so how so can we know I that? I don't buy it. <sighs> All right. So another thing you had an issue with was tarot cards for some reason. We, we brought up in the episode where we want to talk about pseudoscience. And maybe? Is that what it was? It was your uh, horoscope episode. Horoscope. Somehow oh, we yeah. came on. yeah. Because I also like astrology. A scientist uh, okay. who likes astrology. Yeah, it's a weird balance. Wow. Okay, well, here goes all credibility. Oh, no, I'm shit. just kidding. Cancel <laughs> this podcast like a minute earlier, please. Just cut me off. No. Uh, so <laughs> Hannah offered to read our tarot cards, and I have no idea how this process works. Although I ha- well, I don't even know if I had tarot cards read, but um, I did go to some voodoo lady once when I was in New Orleans. It was not an enjoyable experience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What happened? I was with my girlfriend at the time, and I had a very different interpretation on the things she was saying. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not going to go on. I want to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode right now. Go on. (laughs) What do you mean, go on? This is a podcast. If you're going to tell a story like that, you got to elaborate. Like, we got to bring it. It sounds like Andrew went in there a little close minded. And a little combative. <laughs> that's that's fair. That, that, yeah, maybe. That might have happened. Okay, so in New Orleans, you get this drink called a grenade. It's a, I don't know. Uh, so I'm showing them with my hands, but it's like a foot tall. I have no idea what's in it, but about two of them and you're good to go. And yeah, I probably went a little more sarcastic than I should have been. You know, you should have been loosened up by the booze. Yeah, yeah you should have been more open impressionable. I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right, but you you offered to read our tarot cards. I'm gonna be more open minded. I'm gonna ask about this process. 
Okay. So how do we do I this? I mean, I think... At what point do I draw blood? Um... Never. <laughs> okay, well, all right. We have to draw... See, we're learning things already. Did you have to draw blood with the voodoo princess? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, okay, so what got you into astrology and uh, tarot card reading? Um, I guess it... I started when I got to grad school, and I think part of it was just to have something that wasn't so regimented and so logical. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like ridiculously logical and practical just as a general person. And you put into science PhD, and it's just like I could become a robot. So I'm trying to be a little more open-minded and um, tried out some couple things. And so I like. I like astrology. I don't really do the daily astrology kinds of stuff, but I do think your birth time and the placements can kind of make sense. I mean, they make sense if you want to make them make sense as well, but like, I feel like a lot of the things that I, like I'm a Capricorn, it makes sense. Um, I'm a Scorpio Venus. It makes sense. I suck at love. Hold and on. I'm very weak. You're a Capricorn. You're a... You're a- Scorpio what? Uh, Venus? Scorpio Venus is uh, how you are in relationships. What? What? Yeah, you have you, you have your sun, which is what the sign everyone knows. The, that's the right... Oh, wait, hold So you have like the the sign everyone knows, the sun. That's the sun. And there's like a rising one, right? Yes, that's the personality you present to the world. And then the, the other one is... Well, then you have a moon, you have a Mars... Um, you have all the planets. Oh, jeez. It's very complicated. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, how do you want to run this with us? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking of just doing like a little spread since the um, it's almost July, so we can just do a little spread to look into what July might bring. And I'll say the reason okay. I got into tarot is more because um, I was a journaler for a long time. I stopped for a while. I've gone back into it. And so it kind of helps as just like a a routine to have in the morning. Wake up, mm-hmm. pull a card. It will give me something to think about. I write it down and then I go to work. Okay. So it's, that's cool. it's like a prompt kind of, but yeah. I also So I've, I've never been to journaling or doing a diary. But I've always admired the people that do that. I read all my old journals this last week because I was in a emotional Uh-oh. hole. And <laughs> they're kind of embarrassing, but they also like, because obviously I'm having a hard time remembering our conversations from a month ago. So they make me remember things that I otherwise would have forgotten. Hang on. We have rising personalities and moon and Jupiter. Uh, or like, what? Marty, that was five <laughs> minutes ago. Oh, yeah, they're, they each, they're each um, represent different parts. Mercury is about how you communicate with other people. Venus is about your romantic What's, relationships. Is there a Pluto? There is a Pluto. <laughs> but Pluto and like the outer planets, since they don't move around the sun as much, we're probably all the same Pluto and the same Neptune because they don't change um, as quickly as like the sun or the moon would. All right. Well, I, I got to okay. figure out what the rest I am because I have no clue. All right, back to the tarot, though. Let's go. Let's wait. Hold on. Uh, so we're gonna get the tarot, but can you guess? I, you probably know Marty's sun sign because he probably knows his birthday. 
Uh, don't, can you give us Neil's or mine? Don't believe that I know anyone's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you're not able to like meet someone and kind of guess what they are? I mean, sometimes yes, sometimes no. It's just a, it's just a hundred percent guess. I feel <laughs> okay. Are you willing to put yourself yeah, out there with a guess on all three of us right now? Sure, why not? Okay, um, Marty. My first guess would be Taurus. Okay. When were you When were you born? Do you know what you are? I do know what I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, we did talk about this in the astrology episode. <laughs> I have admitted multiple times I don't remember that. <laughs> so no to Taurus. Well, I'm just saying, if you remember oh. that episode, you should. I don't. Um, maybe an Aquarius. Okay. What are you? Oh, I thought you were guessing everybody before we were reviewing. Oh, no. <laughs> no. We're stuck on you, Marty. I'm, what I'm are a you? Cancer. Stuck on. Oh yeah, never mind. That You're makes definitely sense. a fucking cancer. <laughs> I think that's probably what I said. I don't last know time. if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, as a Capricorn, I find them very emotional, but you know <laughs> that works for other people. Okay, what about Neil? Neil's hard because I only know him through the podcast. Just guess. There's only 12, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'll go with Gemini. Cancer. What? Two cancers? Same as Marty. <laughs> Me and Marty are like two peas in a pod. Oh, Neil. no. I, I can see Marty as a cancer. I don't see you as a cancer quite as much. But Yeah, Neil, you're so emotional over there. I know. I'm going to yeah. cry right now. <laughs> He mu- he must just show his rising to us. Yeah, he's not showing his true self. Hold on, isn't Cancer mask. the rising one? No, the no, that, Cancer's your son. Oh, that's the, the sun. That okay, knows is the sun. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. All right, what about me? Uh, Aries. Nope, I don't even know what month that is. Leo. Sagittarius. Nope. I don't know. No, now I'm now I'm playing too. <laughs> <laughs> so Neil also does this a little bit, didn't you? I've done or a little tarot reading. I've had my birth chart done very in extreme detail um, by an old. We should chime in. More. An old girlfriend. You know more about this. An old girlfriend do. of mine. Her her mother was very into this stuff, and she did my birth chart, and it really sucks because um, <laughs> it was very very insightful and quite. I mean, very detailed, right? Really detailed. And I'm like, huh, that's a lot of food for thought. Um, and there's a lot in there, not not all of it, but there's a lot in there, like you were saying, Hannah, that, you know, it makes sense. Um, but I lost it. So one thing in my life that I've lost that Shit. I wish I'd never lost, and I, I've never been able to find it, I think I had it on a CD. It was in a file somewhere, and in the mix of life, I actually lost it, which really blows. Um, That's really disappointing. Because it was a great thing to go back to and read now and then. Just I don't know. It's just very interesting. Um, and my my wife does do tarot a little, um, not like every day, like you say, you pick a card. But she's done readings for friends. Um, we've goofed about with it a little, and I read a little about as- astrology in more depth. But you forget it. If you don't practice it, you don't really remember it. It's like anything. Um, but it's, it's fascinating. It's quite fascinating stuff. 
I mean, I still need the reference books, but and right. I also I I did readings at the Christmas party for all my friends, which I was it was really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's just even if it's not prop. like because I think the more you do it, the more you potentially, if you genuinely believe in in it, um, and it in the reality of it, they become more in tune and better and better at it through practice or whatever. Um, but even if you don't do that, it's still just fun. It's a fun thing it's to fun. do. It's like an icebreaker. It's a good party thing to do. Or like you said, you know, just it's just good. It's diff- and if you don't different. believe in it as much, you can still kind of get something out. It. You can still get something yeah. out of it, even if you think it's hogwash, I think, which is, you know, that's kind of interesting. And I've been doing it recently, and I've been getting a lot of cards. My deck has been making me very mad because I don't want those cards or mm. to do those things. So it's also kind of pushing me to think about other ways to approach my problems. So I can't. Like I said, I'm coming in with an open mind. All right. <laughs> well, how do you want to do this? Just a reading for the three podcast hosts as a, as a whole or. Oh, hell, I do not want to be associated with these clowns. No, just do Andrew, then. And, just and, do, do one for I, Andrew. I, I want to do one for me. And we should do one for each of us. All right. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be we'll extra try, long. Yeah, like, we'll wow. try to do this yeah. this far, we appreciate Poor it. Poor Hannah. It's like, you have to do three tarot readings. Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's like, what the hell did I sign up for? I do want to say, I've looked up some of my uh, whatever I am. It's like, numerical algorithm says my number is six mm-hmm. that makes but sense. then if i go to the zodiac animal details my lucky numbers are one three and four while my numbers to avoid are six seven and eight so my number is six but i gotta avoid six too well that's new is that numerology so you versus... just have to avoid yourself marty uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty applicable marty i'm gonna do your read first <laughs> i mean there are some things in here that i do agree with like Okay. All right. So you're setting up this reading. Um, how, how do you set up a reading? Talk us through it. So I'm doing Marty first. What I would normally do is actually have you cut the deck just so that you're involved in it and you get the tangible feelings. And then I'm just doing a four card spread, just a general idea of what July might bring. The first card is um, kind of the overarching theme of what the month might be. And then there's three cards below that are all factors that may influence you. Okay. Okay. So. No whammies. Here we go. (laughs) So the card that is telling you the general theme for your July Marty is the tower. I'll show it to you. It's a little, um, I don't use a traditional deck, but it's a little intense. So it's the tower. It's also going to be called the tower of destruction. It's a, actually a sign of freedom from the constraints in your life. It represents the clearing of an actual obstacles in your path that have been holding you back from fulfilling your, pers- your potential or your happiness. There will be disruption, but it will open you up to a more fulfilling lifestyle. Disruption? So like a silver lining. All right. Well, There's a well, storm coming, is, but it's going to clear. It's going to wash away. Yeah, you're kind of being held back by who knows, personal Okay. Okay. Mental, whatever. Sorry. And like there, if you work through those, you move on and it'll be brighter at the end. Okay. That's my theme. Oh, so, plat so three. 
It's coming. Clap for me. Am I going to break through you two holding me down? Yeah, we're there. Probably not. The braces around your ankles. All right. So the first card that could influence this um, change, this progression, would be the Hermit, which is mostly about taking time for yourself. It counsels you to follow your own path and principles. Um, If you have... You may appear that it feels lost, but you're not lost at all. You just need to take the time to be quiet and listen to yourself and follow. Wait, so you're saying this would disrupt the tower card? No, this is something that would influence the tower card. Okay. And so, I thought like I thought you're saying like if it would disrupt it, like if Marty is himself, he will never. What, I guess <laughs> break the cycle. <laughs> what I would say this is saying is that. Whatever Marty cycle that he needs to break, he needs to take the time out and actually think about it. Okay. And put in some, you know. Hear that, Marty? You need to think. Hey, I have a an, uh, on-call week to like kind of relax, and I have sixty hours of vacation I need to use all before the end of August. So I can take a lot of time to myself. Um, three of swords. You in a relationship, Marty? Not that I'm aware of. All right, the Three of Swords predicts heartbreak, so... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it can warn you to beware of someone who seems too good to be true. So, keep your oh. eye out on the ladies in July and be discerning. Those sirens. Those, <laughs> those sirens, sirens of Eastern Washington. <laughs> them, them thoughts. Ignore the too good to be true. And then lastly is the Magician. Um, signifies creativity, ingenuity, and the ability to th- and need to think outside the box. So to me, what this is mostly representing is that there is something in your life that you feel is holding you back, and you might not even be thinking about it. But you should take some time to think about it. But the Magician suggests that you have the creativity and the ability to actually make the changes you need to make. And beware of them. them <laughs> and girls. beware of those wily women. Yeah. They're going to, they're going <laughs> to just prevent me. I like somehow, somehow gonna, you, you're going to meet them while we're still kind of in a lockdown. I'm going to put this right behind me. And I think we should have Hannah come back. Um, in a month. month <laughs> and, and just see, and, and see how this goes. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, well, I already failed with the astrology part. Well, this is, I mean, this is good. I can't I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, believe yeah. I didn't guess you were a cancer, Marty. All right. Andrew, we're going to do Andrew and Neil. Do I need to take notes and write these down too for you guys? Yeah, you okay. should, I'm not going to take notes. All right. So, because I'm going to take it to heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to do Andy next because you're next on my screen. Fair okay. enough. Alrighty. Well, if we got the same four, you definitely didn't. It's a pretty, it's a pretty oh, okay. big deck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the main card for your month is the Mother of Pentacles. Um, so it's just like a regular the Mother of Tentacles. Pentacles. Oh. Pentacles. Pent. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Please avoid Pornhub. Um. <laughs> yeah, but 
<laughs> Pornhub Premium. <laughs> you have to pay for that? <laughs> no, no, it's free now because the I, I read an article that's mm. now free for the premium. An article. <laughs> um, so it's like a regular deck where it has the numbers, number cards, and then it has this, the like Jack Keen. What are they called? The face cards, I guess. Um, and then it also has a separate set, the Major Arcana, which are the things like the Magician or the Tower that aren't found in the normal deck. So the mother, okay. so the face cards more likely kind of represent a person, but they cannot. Those are also aspects of the personality that you can take to heart. So the Mother of Pentacles is um, the Pentacles are more about monetary issues. So you would be a good businessman, and also good like you can balance your life. You can have a home work home relation. Uh, balance whatever that is work life work life work -life balance i don't know what that is um <laughs> i didn't have to learn that so you're able to balance both sides of your life when you go to work you put your work in when you go home you don't take it home with you um she cares for others in a practical way rather than with sympathy and sticks to responsibilities and commitments no matter how tired or busy she is as a characteristic this appears at a settled period in your life or a period where you're turning an interest into a full-scale venture so this could either represent a person coming into your life that has these qualities or they are qualities that you could also take to heart i recommend okay. a work-life balance as someone who doesn't have one <laughs> i'm sorry you don't have one <sighs> i chose this life <laughs> <laughs> all right let's see the other three all right then you have the eight of pentacles Oh. How many pentacles do I got? Well, this Eight. might be good. Maybe we'll get some money. Um, I feel like you're pretty satisfied in your career, right? Or do you want to be self-employed? I'm pretty satisfied with my career, for sure. All right. And this card's a very positive omen that you're in the career that you like, and that you may even be able to advance in this career shortly. But if you did want to move off, it's also a card for entrepreneurs. So you could be successful in your own business, but you can also just be successful at your work and you're in a good spot for you to show your strengths. Well, the deal is my side business is this podcast, which has made absolutely zero dollars. <laughs> negative, negative dollars. I've only lost money in this venture. Do you guys have ads? No, we don't well, have any listeners way, this, uh, to listen to us. This episode is brought to you by uh, <laughs> Whiskey Miller Lite. <laughs> no, we don't have ads. Well, how do you do? Okay, that's fine. I'm glad you don't. <laughs> I'd stop listening. <laughs> oh boy, you got three of cups. Cups is more about relationships. Are you dating someone? No. Trick question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that answer, I would say be careful. This is a card of fertility. So of what? Fertility. <laughs> Holy cow! So glove it up. Maybe this month for sure. <laughs> is that, is that all that that card's about though? It's also a card of fertility and abundance. Um, it's a pregnancy or marriage card. One of family celebration or the return of someone that you haven't seen in a very long time. Okay. Um, abundance is good. You know, no one doesn't want that. 
Yeah, but what about moderation? <laughs> well, you didn't get the three of cups <laughs> for nothing, so this is not a month of moderation for you. Whew. All, All right. right, how do we finish off Don't here? Don't one more. Wrap your tool. All right, this is a little counterintuitive. This is the Eight of Cups as well. It's the walking away from what did not work card. Whether a destructive relationship, a bad habit, a job that has made you unhappy, or a home you feel is not right for you. So, so okay. you're going to also... knock, knock someone up and leave her? <laughs> <laughs> I told him to be careful with the fertility part, so that he can walk away, no strings attached. Well, what if he knocks her up? And leaves before he knows that he knocks her up. That's fine. It's also a good omen <laughs> for a long distance relationship, so you could come back in if you wanted to, I guess. <sighs> so that's what you got, Andy. I never call you Andy. That was weird. You already did. That was the mm-hmm. second time this podcast. Did I? Yep. I don't remember. All right. One more. All you right. two. You're in a good place in your career, but you should watch out in your love life is what I'm getting right now. <laughs> oh, geez. Beware those silence again, I guess. Yeah. God, <laughs> at least you're in a good place in your career. I can't even say that. All right, lastly. Let's let's kind of, let's go with Neil. Lastly is the Neil. Cancer, the other the cancer. The other cancer. Not, a, not as canonical as Marty. All right. So, you have the chariot as your general card. It's a card of action. It indicates a change and excitement. Um, Whatever your age or stage of life, this is a card of triumph and moving forward. Um, You may... Plat three. Plat three. (laughs) Plat three. (laughs) <laughs> a video game we play. It's uh, ignore oh. us. Ignore us. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> All right. This may be a positive time then for you to change something for the better. Um, just make sure you're the one that's steering this chariot, and you're not letting someone else steer it and take you somewhere where you don't want to go. Also, a good time to think about clearing some bad habits or people that bring you down i have a lot of those um and focus maybe on fitness and help and things to make you a healthier person well it's a good thing you already gave up uh, drinking most of you drinking i, I gave up drinking as in my new year's resolutions was that six six months ago yeah that didn't work yeah. <laughs> and then you brought on a segment of the podcast where you made a new drink for us every night cocktail <laughs> Neil's cocktail hour. In in his defense, he did give that up too. Because I drank it all. And now I refuse refuse to spend more money on it. You got the Amazon points. Yeah. All right. Um, So the next card is the Five of Cups. Hey, Cup Brother. Yeah, the Five's not the super happy card in the Cups region. A broken relationship could be mended, but do you want it? You may have hit a bad or dull patch in a long-term relationship. Try to remove outside interference and get away together. Um, oof, this also can appear if you're tempted to begin an affair. You know, I don't know you very well. All right, so <laughs> here's a story. <laughs> oh, no. This is a genuine story. 
I'm not tempted to begin okay. an affair, but it is a story. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm about to begin, um, I have begun working on a dating app platform with a friend, with an old friend of mine to make, uh, technology for building dating apps. And so the first, we were going to build the first app against it, uh, which is kind of like a virtual dating app where you do virtual sort of like almost like role playing dating, not sexual role playing, but just like, Oh, you go to the movies. Like one guy, the guy, it's, it says like, Hey, do you want to go to the movies or? the beach or walk the dog or sit in and watch Netflix. And then you kind of both pick it and it, you know, uh, gives you compatibility and you sort of get to sense what that person's into and along the way you can ask questions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But in doing this, my job, which I started doing yesterday, was to research current dating apps because me and the guy making this have no experience in online dating. The only reason we're doing it is because he he was a VP at Tinder. Um, So he has some experience with the the industry but not actually doing it so yesterday i signed up for about six dating apps um and started <laughs> started whipping through all these profiles <laughs> so i guess there's a temptation that was not there before <laughs> i mean it's opening up a lot of new windows don't get, so, uh, don't uh, get the hold cups on. again before you keep going don't get have distracted you been, have you been going through these dating apps with your wife is she helping you decide no. Oh. Oh, I think you should. That'd you be really fun. You have to bring a woman's perspective into this. Well, I'm I'm doing yes. that too. We're we're actually putting together a survey to ask ask women what they um, like and don't what? like about about dating apps. Um, so we haven't forgotten that. We, well, what we learned was apparently it's what the women like is all that matters because the guys will go wherever the women are. So if the women chooses this one because they like the the interface or they like the fact that it makes the guys have to give more information, then that's where all the guys go. So it's the women that you have to cater to. Hence why there's ladies' nights at bars. There's standards. It's, yeah, it's kind of obvious, but, you know, not to me, I guess. <laughs> Do you have anything to chime in on this self-appointed feminist, Hannah? Uh, no. I'm fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I definitely have heard, like, I don't forget which way you're supposed to swipe, but, like, men just swipe everything, and then women are a little more... That's not true at all. (laughs) ...more conservative, but... I have also never online dated, and I never want to, so don't send me that survey. I have no interest in this. Oh, come on. You're not a demographic. I really don't want to do that. Okay. But it's for science. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it does, right? It does sound terrible. I'll say one of the things I hate the most in my life is first dates. So why would I want to go on a bajillion first dates? Because you get a lot of good stories. And free drinks? I don't know about whether that's quite enough yeah. to make it worthwhile. All right. All right, so we got no, the five of cups. So we had the... Chariot and um, Temptation, or Broken... Chariot. Chariot and the Five uh, of Cups are the five two cards we cups. have. Yeah. Then you have the Six of Wands. Ooh, I got this a wand. This card sees you riding home in victory, maybe in six weeks or maybe in six months. This might be good for your app. That's such a wide range. Preserve and you will succeed in that career venture. Ah, there you go. Or the podcast will take off in six weeks. Oh, you know, this is also or six a months. career venture, quote-unquote. It, it won't be the podcast because he's not the one driving More likely. It. I don't think he's listened to a single episode of it. Or finished That's the book. That's true. <laughs> All 
Alrighty then. And then lastly, what we got here? So Neil, you're going to be really triumphant. Is what I'm gathering yeah. out of It this. sounds like it's I, I guarantee. Diamond one. It's diamond one. <laughs> Woo. Oh, hold on. Bringing up diamond. This is, I'm sorry, Hannah. I do do this occasionally. <laughs> Off topic. The best. I've listened to the podcast. <laughs> the best thing about um, the hot zone for me, the best thing, okay. which is super, <laughs> I know, I know I'm going back to the hot zone before the final card, but was the diamond knife. That's, is that a real fucking thing? That is sick. Yes. Do you remember that? It's yes. like a $4,000 and that was back then, I guess, knife that can slice a virus. I was, my mind was actually blown. I was I'm like, like $4,000 seems cheap for a science, piece of scientific equipment. But yeah, that's a thing. Well, that would have been in the ni- in the early 90s. So how much those would cost yeah. today, I have no idea. But I was I like, no idea. That is a, I need one. I need a diamond knife. I have no idea. How many viruses do you need to cut? <laughs> but it's not just, I don't think it's you just for, for viruses. It's for, it's the, it's literally the sharpest thing that exists. It's a, like you need to spread the peanut butter on your sandwich. What the hell? No, it's I a think very if small you did knife. That, it's not for spreading. It's more for just incising. Yeah. Anyway, that blew my mind. It was great. <laughs> that was my. Well, that was. It's great. a real thing, Neil. So you can keep that happiness. Yeah, I'm gonna check them out on Amazon. Sure, they sell them on Amazon. I'm sure they sell them on Amazon. Right? Yeah, but you don't have enough Amazon points at this point. I'll, I'll, I'll save. Buy more alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fourth card. All right. The last Coming card up. is the uh, Son of Cups. As a char- characteristic, it heralds true love and coming romance. Or if you are contemplating a secret love affair. Man, there's a lot. Of- <laughs> What's going on in my tower reading today? It's a little. It's a little oh. spicy. It's a little spicy. Tell my wife about it. Yeah. Huh. Ah. Uh, don't worry, she doesn't listen either. <laughs> and she doesn't listen to me, so that's also good. As a person in your life, the knight, the son of cups, is a romantic, idealistic, and dreamy. An ideal, potential soulmate with love that will grow through the years. All right. So, a little weirdness on that one. I hope I don't hear the next podcast that Neil's getting divorced. <laughs> well, it won't be the next. Well, It'll be when I, oh, yeah, six weeks. One in a month. Six weeks. I mean, he did do. He did sign up for all of those dating apps. <laughs> so Five he has, a lo- he has a lot of romance coming. He's going to see a lot of romance? Well, you should also beware the trail of broken hearts. Hold on. So it feels like on every reading, you've told us to beware of women. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if, I would say beware of men. If I was, I'm pretty sure you're all heterosexual, so I was just adjusting the pronouns to fit the thing. I mean, okay, I would tell enough. every can, woman to beware of men. So, can you do your own reading? Oh Is that a thing? Yeah. Well, I do it all the time. Yeah, she does it every morning. Well, we can't leave you out. I want to. This is gonna be. Know, I, so I haven't talked to Hannah in about, like, actually seen you for probably around two years three years yeah tough mutter two summers ago tough mutter two years ago oh yeah when when marty broke his ass yeah i remember he he sent me a picture i was very pleased to receive that (laughs) and he sent me a picture of it (laughs) the lump is still uh, partially there 
<laughs> Never heals. So I, I would like to take this time to interpret your tarot cards because I have a real strong indication of what they might be after not having seen you for two years. Okay. Well, we have uh, a few, few clues. Okay. No sarcasm. I have no oh. idea. All right. Oh, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually... It's going well. It's going well, apparently. That is the more reserved reaction that I normally hear from Hannah when something like that happens. It's usually, ah, oh, fuck, shit. I told you, my deck has been being a little bitch uh, to me. And to Neil, apparently. <laughs> All right. So my overall card is um, the Seven of Swords. It warns against double dealing by others or people going behind your back. Uh, if you're affected by gossip or troubling neighbors or have doubts about a lover who has betrayed you before, don't be fobbed off with excuses or someone putting the blame on you. Don't fall for a too good to be true offer. Uh, like coming on a podcast and expecting instant fame? I did not expect instant fame. Okay, good. <laughs> Especially this one is hella long. This one fits with me. I'm very distrustful right now, so I get it. I can okay. be distrustful for July. But then I fucking pull the fucking lovers, and I don't want that card. What's the lovers? Let me tell you about it in a second. Well, it's better than the fertility card. The lovers is about love, which is isn't real. Uh, it can irritate a twin soul if you're in a committed relationship or have met someone who feels special and as if you've known him your whole life. It's insurance that love and an assisting relationship will be real and lasting. Uh, this card can irritate choices between two people in love and the answer is to pick the person who stirs your heart. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Hold on, now you don't You don't sound like you believe any of this stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not in a good relationship space. And I keep pulling the lovers, and I keep pulling. I mean, the, the thing is, how like if you keep pulling the lovers, and um, you're in quarantine on COVID, then how is this making sense? Well, I was in a relationship. Okay, but until about three weeks ago. But it's like people aren't running out and meeting people as often as they as they were before, right? So, mm-hmm. seems. Yeah, I don't know how people are dating in quarantine. Didn't you say this is a big deck? Yeah, yeah. they're pretty big. Because they're a standard size deck plus. It's like 70 20. cards, probably, right? So Yeah, know. like seven, Holy 72. Cow. Yeah. yeah. I'm real impressed that you're able to find the right page for the card, like, real quick. She's like, boom. <laughs> yeah, she's I mean, got I it just... down. Indexing. This is my tiny book. I didn't pull out my 400-page book just to keep it a little easier. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> so I got so th- where are you at on th- third card here? Third yep. card is... They're also Roman numerals, which I'm not super good at. All right. The third card is death. Death Ooh. to lovers? Oh. Uh, God damn it. The death. death card usually represents a door you need to close on a situation or a relationship that is holding you back from finding happiness. A loss that will be painful, but will free you. If you do not close that door, the new beginnings will not develop. Hey! Bullshit! Close that door, oh, hold Hannah. On. Okay, hold close on now. Door. You just got out of- I also had lovers! Of- I just said lovers, too! 
Right, but this is for July. We we established this for July. It is so for July. You close that door. So close it. And you find mm-hmm. someone else. Uh, I don't want anyone else. I don't want to find anyone else. It's too much work. <laughs> I like the reason. I, 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 <laughs> it's not like it's true love. It's, but what it's if just you had a really great app? <laughs> what if you had a really great app developed by Neil what? that takes off within the next six weeks? What if he has Because that was in his card. I mean, it's supposed and to be successful, so. What if, exactly. What if he has a diamond knife? That just what? means he can no. cut me. <laughs> <laughs> or a virus. Yeah, think of the science you could do with that. <laughs> I don't need a a, a diamond knife for what I do, but thank you. All right. So what's the fourth card? We're going to roll these all together. We're going to determine your next month, and it'll be absolutely infallible. All right. Lastly, then, is the Daughter of Pentacles. Hey, Pentacle sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Indicates someone who is trustworthy, patient, even-tempered, calm, and hardworking, and is very reliable at money. It also can indicate learning a craft or skill or beginning a long course of study. Oof, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> this is you know the year? PhD student. It's like year five. <laughs> uh, yes, so that's mine. Yours was mixed. It's, it's kind of mixed. You know I what? Also, I, I, it, I think it's pretty cut and dry. I think you it's, know, I get think, rid of. Get rid of the past, open up to new op- opportunities, and then uh, work that craft. Yeah, maybe <laughs> work that craft. Uh, needle, needlepoint, um, scrapbooking. <laughs> I actually do embroidery, Marty, so. <laughs> well, learn something new. You got to learn something new. I haven't done it in a while. I can pick it back up again. There you go. Yes, so. Learn something new. Close that door. Close the door. Find a new love. Be lover. distressful. And just keep learning because you're in a PhD program and it never ends. See, I like to close the door and and shut off the gossip and double dealing. See, I think that goes well together. I believe in you. Thank you. I can do it. Yep. All right. Wow. Yeah. So we learned so much. Shit. Sorry. I've learned. I've no. Learned what, what do you mean, sorry? I don't know. This is a long fucking. It is, but I don't. It's fine. I don't mind if it's long. I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, we never caught. What's your what's your star sign? Capricorn. Uh, Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah, she said that. Did she? Okay. Yeah. Who that doesn't listen listening. now? Huh? <laughs> what? Fair enough. <laughs> but no, we we definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast, reading our tarot. I'm going to uh, Marty. You're going to have to send me a picture of what mine were so I can look them up and overthink it. Um, oh, I do that. <laughs> uh, never mind. I don't want to anymore. It, but still, don't don't be picture. like don't be like me. Well, Hunt, we're gonna have to have you back on uh, at the end of July to yeah. re, re, um, go over our month and then see prepare, how this went. Per, prepare for the next month. Unfortunately, Neil's gonna be too busy with the launch of his new dating app. It won't be so the six won't weeks. Be able to make it, it. it won't be the six weeks. It won't be ready in six weeks. So that'll be six months. You don't know that. I know in that. A month? You're on like seven dating apps already. You're moving forward. Yeah, but I know it won't be. Mm-hmm. Also, a month is only <laughs> okay. four weeks. So that's true, Maddie. That. Not six. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying that's it's taking said. off. Like it hasn't hit. Hasn't hit the pinnacle, but it's getting there. He's going to be busy. All he right? hasn't quit the podcast.
podcast yet because it hasn't completely taken off, but it's close. Yeah, this is the, tu- yep. the turnaround episode. I think this mm-hmm. is where last week we bo- <laughs> we bottomed out, and this is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm really behind, so I don't know what you guys did last week, but I'll figure it out. In Neither do we. Actually, yeah. we did nothing last week. Neither I went we. camping, and you guys oh, yeah. didn't do it. Well, we're a few weeks ahead, so Although, what actually we, we came put out, a, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Although we can gather yeah, something because we listen to ourselves. Sure, that's not. Anyways, awkward. Hannah, is there is Hannah? Is there anything else that you want to share with us before you leave? No, this was fun. Nice to see you guys. It, and meet it, Neil. Is being on the podcast all you dreamed it would be? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like I'm on a podcast, but she was like, "Yeah, it I feels didn't like have I'm on a, a Zoom call, basically." But we're giving away all our trade secrets now. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, at Facebook. What? Yeah, we're on uh, plan. Plans are optional on Facebook. And we're on Twitter. Optional plans. There we go. Boom. All right. Uh, We'll check you guys out next week. Bye.